Here's to the great American settlers. The millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, Hey, I'm no settler. I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. Welcome in. What a week. What a week. What happened this week, you guys? Did the world explode this week? I'm exhausted. From The Bachelor to Kim and Kanye to this bombshell Vanderpump Rules divorce. What is happening? What is happening? I'll tell you what's happening. We're in the divorce era, you guys. We grew up watching all these people be young and wild and free. We watched them fall in love, settle down. Some of them have kids. Some of them try to have kids. And now we have to watch them get divorced. It sucks. Okay? It sucks. We're going to get into all of it. We're going to end the show with The Bachelor recap with Comedian and YouTuber Dave Neal. It's going to be amazing. And I'm talking all about Clayton in my community post this week on The Dip because I know there is literally tons of things to discuss when it comes to Clayton. And if you guys want to know, sometimes I'm... All right. Let me just be real with you. Sometimes I'm scared of the internet. I'm scared of the podcast. I'm scared of really voicing my true, 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 true opinion. Not that it's even bad, but you know, people are wild and they will scalp you on the internet. But if you want to know how I really feel about Clayton in particular, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the community post at the dip. And you guys, if you want a subscription to the site, now is the time to do it because if you use the promo code guac, you get 90% off the subscription. I think it's like under 10 bucks and I live on the site. It's my favorite. So go do it and we'll talk all about Clayton. We'll get into a deep dive this week about Tom and Katie, Ugh, but we got to start with the first family. Never go against the family, the Kardashians. I don't want to do it, but I must. It's a Kardashian pop three. Headline number one, Kim and Pete are Instagram official. So first this week in PR for dummies, look, I did not even need to go to school for public relations or marketing after watching the Kardashians operate for the past 20 years. Kim was getting major backlash for her comments about going to work. And Courtney's like, so true. Thanks, Kim. I'm going to get my fifth job now because you told me that I don't work hard enough. Major backlash from a lot of people. And then, boop, IG feed post. Pete, oh, not one, but twice. And then, I mean, all backlash gone. It's just crazy how that works. Right before I popped on to do this, I watched a video of Kim on Ellen. And I mean, it was four minutes, but still just my head is spinning from the four minutes on Ellen. First of all, Kim says something along the lines of, I found my happiness. And I just, I love that she's happy. Don't get me wrong. But I don't love in general when anybody defines finding their happiness with finding a significant other. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude, it's 2022. And I love love. When I told you that I was crying over the Bubba's divorce, I was crying. But I just feel like it's 
It's still 2010, you know, to be like, I found my happiness in Pete Davidson. Can you believe it? Then she tells us that he has multiple tattoos about Kim of Kim and that he has branded her name on his body like they do at the cattle ranch. Excuse me. What? Like, first of all, he has multiple tattoos you know, in regards to Kim. And she's like, oh yeah, it's just a cute thing that he does. He goes and gets different tattoos of me. Like one of them says, my girl is a lawyer. You guys, first of all, you've been dating six months. Okay. Six months. Tom Schwartz has the word Bubba tattooed on his ass. Look at how that turned out for them. Now they're getting divorced. What is he going to do? Haven't we been down this road, Pete Davidson with Ariana Grande? We have, he got the, the ears, the bunny ears, whatever the heck they are tattooed on him. He had to cover it up. So the fact that he's getting multiple tattoos within six months. Okay. But then he's getting branded, branded, branded like they did in the cult Nexium. That little K-I-M that we all were freaking out about, not a tattoo. Yes. Branded. Like when they stamp the cow. And I know that that's a bad image in my mind, but I don't, I don't even know what else they use branding for. At this point, it's like, who can be the most absurd? You know what I mean? Megan Fox and MGK are out here drinking each other's blood, giving rings with thorns in it. So they literally bleed. You know, if she takes her ring off, you have Travis and Courtney just straddling each other in public, on public beaches when there's kids around. And then now you have Pete Davidson branding himself with Kim. I just can't believe it. And that's not even the wildest part of the week when it comes to these people. Pete took on Kanye this weekend. I'm just going to start by saying Kanye does need to chill. Kanye needs to take a five, take a 10, take a 20. At this point, it's exhausting for everyone. And one thing I did really agree with in these, you know, alleged texts from Pete is when he said, you know, it's sad to watch you ruin your legacy. Which, you know, I still think Kanye is a great artist, a great rapper, a great producer, but his legacy is now, in some people's minds, tainted by the stuff that he does. I mean, hello, he ran for president. It's freaking tainted, okay? And he doesn't need to do all this stuff, but he does. What I found really interesting, though, on the other side of things, is that in these leaked texts from Pete, he says, let's handle this privately, man. Like, yeah, let's handle it privately, but I'm going to send screenshots to my friends and then post on social media so that the whole entire world talks about this. Just for a little bit, though. Like, I'll delete it like an hour and a half later because we only want like a little bit of privacy, a little bit of publicity, but mostly we're going to go back to privacy. So I'm just over it. And that right there alone was like an alarm bell to me where I'm like, wait a second, something's fishy. And that brings us to headline number three, because a day later, we get the official Kardashian trailer for the new Hulu show. It's like at this point, we all see right through it. It's so obvious. Never go against the family. And I know that's not even their original quote, but it'll be used forever now on this podcast, on my pages. If I ever do merch, it'll be one of them. So here are the big bombshells from the Kardashian trailer. Kylie is pregnant and filming her pregnancy journey. Kendall is. Uh, there and mad about something. That's all we really know. Kravitz trying for a baby. Kim has a new boyfriend in her relationship drama with Kanye. 
shook to see Kanye on camera. And that's what makes me think like, what is going on here? Because he's been on the internet ranting about how Hulu needs a new narrative and Hulu wants a single Kim. And it's like, okay, Kanye, you cannot sit there and talk crap about Hulu and then show up in the trailer. Show up in the trailer. I just threw my remote control across the couch because it makes no sense to me. No sense. And then, of course, Chloe and Tristan trying to work things out for the 12th time. We all know how that's going to go down. I was happy to see Scott. Scott was in there. I was like, hey, we miss you, dude. And not only that, the same day, Kim drops Skims Swim. Sis. 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 I mean, it just... I want to say it blows my mind, but it really doesn't. These people always have the wheels moving at 180 miles per hour at all freaking times. Please, Lord, baby Jesus up above, let that be the last time I ever have to do a full Kardashian pop three because I'm tired. I'm tired. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with a deep dive. Katie and Schwartz, the Bubba's of Vanderpump Rules are splitting. What caused it? We'll get into the deep dive next. It's summer and everyone's talking about water. LifeSource water systems reduce hard water problems and remove harsh chemicals that cities add to your Hetch Hetchy water. No filters to change, no salt to add, and no maintenance. LifeSource water gives you delicious water, softer skin and hair, and brighter laundry. For a limited time, LifeSource water will pay your sales tax. Offer ends soon. Call LifeSource water at 888-712-4279 or visit LifeSourceWater.com. That's 888-712-4279. LifeSource water. Taste and feel the difference. All right, you guys, time to get our shovels out and do a little digging. Every single week, I open up the Instagram DMs for anything you guys want me to look a little bit further into. Find out a little bit more exclusive stuff. And this week, it is the Bubba's splitting. Hey, Morgan, it's Christina from Reno, Nevada. I totally need a deep dive into Tom and Katie's split. What the heck happened? Was it the pandemic? Was it the Tom Toms? Was it their fertility journey? Help us out. Love your podcast. Listen to it weekly. If you could add like two or three a week, that would be great. Katie Maloney and Tom Schwartz of Vanderpump Rules are splitting after 12 years together. Internet rumors have been swirling for weeks, but I just refuse to believe it. But it kind of really started back in February because Katie shared this cryptic post that got everyone to be like, you know what I mean? She she actually shared Kim Kardashian's reason for divorcing Kanye West, which included something about like being honest with yourself about what really makes you happy and and choosing me and yada, yada, yada. You get it. Everybody was like, "Uh oh, like that's not great. So the Sun reported earlier this week that Tom and Katie we're splitting up. And I was like, it's the sun, right? Like you got to consider the source. But that source did say that they were flip-flopping whether or not to stay in their relationship, but that, that they had been spending time apart. The source said, this is a quote, they flip-flop. They're still cordial and see each other and go to the same events because of their mutual friend group, but they just focus on themselves. She hasn't filed for divorce yet, but it's been discussed. They're just taking time apart right now and seeing what happens. And then we get the Instagram breakup. You know the font. 
why is it always the same font? A la Tristan, I have so much respect for you, Chloe Thompson. You know, is either a plain black screen with the little typewriter font in white, or it's the opposite, which is exactly what we saw in Katie and Tom's statements. Katie's statement to me seemed very detached, I guess, blunt, straightforward, where Tom's had more feeling to it. I mean, even at face value, Katie's was one slide. Tom's was like three. So both are posted on my Instagram because I cannot be bothered to read the whole thing. Y'all know how I feel about Instagram captions, but essentially Katie said, you know, there are no sides to choose. We have deep admiration for each other and our friendship. Tom's, like I said, was more emotional. He's like, you know, I'm not ready to use the D word. It's too painful. Fully respect Katie's decision. He says, I'll say it one last time. Love you, bub. Always and forever, you'll be in my heart. But, you know, everyone's noticing he did say it was Katie's decision, and we'll get to that in a minute. I am shocked. And really, I'm really sad about this. I cried real tears over this, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I'm only human. I'm getting asked a lot online, why, what? No, it's like the internet trolls. Why are you so shocked? Why? Do you even watch the show? She's never seen the show. Like, yeah, Leslie on TikTok. I've never seen it. Like, come on. I'm shocked because Tom and Katie never tried to seem perfect. You know, they did not hide the flaws in their marriage. And because I've been watching them for nine years, I, you know, for good reason or not, was rooting for them. We were rooting for you. Sorry. Tyra Banks just sometimes lives rent-free in my brain, but I thought maybe in some bizarre world that these two were able to like weather every storm and grow from it because that's what adults do, right? But looking back, like, have they actually grown from any of it? And that's something that, you know, as a fan of the show and as a fan of them, I kind of had to like check my emotions with it. I think as people in general that they have grown, but looking back at their relationship, I don't think their relationship has grown. And that's kind of why I'm coming to terms with the split. And we could go back and talk about all the drama that happened between the two of them over the years. Tom pouring a drink on Katie's head, tequila Katie rage texting, their fight in Mexico when Tom said he hated the sound of her voice, you know, the fight when they pulled the prank on Jax and Tom said that Katie was unattractive because she was you know, mad about doing a prank with police involved. It seems like both Tom and Katie have these blow up moments towards each other. And it's not in a healthy, that's not a healthy relationship. If any of my friends were in that relationship, I would be like, what are you doing? But I just, I have soft spots for both of them. I'm really empathetic towards people in general. And I try to always look you know, at everybody's side of things. And I feel like, especially on reality TV, we don't actually know these people, you know, enough to like really, really hate them. And I thought that these two would not actually get split because of their friend group. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but they have a tight knit group in the show and beyond the show. And I feel like their core group of friends are not going to pick sides. You're not going to see Stassi and Bo write Tom Schwartz off or vice versa, which I feel like 
could potentially keep Tom and Katie in a little bit of like a hamster wheel for a while, you know, because they can't escape each other because they hang out with the same people. And even, you know, this past weekend when all the rumors really started flying everywhere, it was like the group at one time would be hanging out with Tom. He was still wearing his wedding ring. And then two hours later, they would be with Katie and she wasn't wearing her wedding ring. And I just feel like that's going to get exhausting for the friend group to have to have specific hangouts with party A and party B. And, and whoa, (laughs) I thought I just said Cardi B. I did not. I said party B, but I just had a little like moment. Anyways, I feel like it's going to come to a point where they won't do that. You know, they won't plan separate things and they'll have to hang out in the same friend group if they want to be hanging out with all these people. And I feel like maybe it will pull them back in. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I'm just really rambling right now, but what was the nail in the coffin, so to speak? A lot of stuff went on this past season of Vanderpump Rules. You know, Tom started another business with Sandoval. Katie and Sandoval don't get along. Katie wasn't included in that business. Katie wanted to start a business with Tom, but, you know, to me and to a lot of people, it seemed that Tom chose another business venture over Katie and you know how she felt about things. And regardless of whether or not Katie should have been involved in Schwartz and Sandy's. The way that Sandoval talked to Katie is like not cool. And Katie dishes it right back so she can handle her own. But it's like also if somebody did that to me and, you know, David and I were there and David like didn't say anything to stick up for me, I'd be like, do you even like me? Are you going to stick up for me or what? Are you going to let your friend just walk all over me and it'd be horrible to me? So it's like, why didn't Schwartz stick up for his wife? And and even when he does, it's like very passive. You know, it's like, hey, buddy, don't say that. No, 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 but no, no, James, don't say that about my wife, James. You know, and that's the extent of it. So it's like, did he not stick up for Katie because he didn't agree with what she was saying? Because if that's the case, that is a big problem. You know, they had their fertility journey this season. So just a lot of adversity. You know, they had the pandemic. I am shocked at how many people were divided on on whether they're like, good for Tom, she sucks, or good for Katie, he sucks. I like them both for different reasons, and maybe that's why I like them together, but also maybe I only like them together because I've been watching them for nine years, and I think that's the realization that I have come to expressing my thoughts and feelings verbally because really their relationship wasn't great, but I just thought, that their love could conquer the obstacles. And it didn't. That makes me so sad. The fact that Brittany and Jax are still together and Tom and Katie are not is wild to me. I'm dying to know what Lisa Vanderpump thinks. Dying. Andy, get the camera rolling now because I am just shooketh to the core. I mean, look at the way that she reacted to James and Raquel. Could you imagine? I feel like she's so pissed. She officiated their wedding. And it's like, actually, are they legally married? They had to have two different weddings because Tom never filed the paperwork. What a mess. What a mess. And what does that mean for the next season of Vanderpump Rules? Will Katie and Tom be on it together? I think that this is going to be good for Katie in the sense that I want her It's kind of like what I was saying about Kim earlier. I want her to find her own happiness and not have to rely on anybody else. And that's something that she talked about this past season too. Like 
what is my life outside of, you know, Vanderpump Rules and my husband's business? So I hope that she finds something that she's passionate about. I hope that she finds happiness. And honestly, I hope the same for Schwartzy. Oh, I'm so sad, you guys. I cannot handle Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride. Like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. All right, you guys, to wrap up this week's episode, we are doing a Bachelor finale recap with stand-up comedian, YouTuber, Bachelor extraordinaire, Dave Neal is on the pod. Dave, thank you for joining us. Yeah, good to see you here. This is exciting. I get to talk to you right after the big finale. This is top billing. And you live streamed for how many hours on finale night? Because you're on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, but you did live streams for both shows yeah we we did every time zone we did this also for new year's eve uh we just so we just did east central mountain and pacific and probably ended up doing four and a half hours yeah i'm a little tired oh my my gosh well just to kick things off quick yes or no most dramatic season ever you know it was certainly was hyped that way and i feel like if they didn't hype it up so much maybe i would have thought that but i was expecting like them to light the light you know iceland on fire I, so I, so I, I guess I was slightly disappointed, but then I ask, I have to ask myself in my, in my, you know, this gladiator match that we're watching, it's like, are we looking for too much? You know, like it was good, but I don't think it was like the craziest. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I thought there definitely were the most twists and turns and for them somewhat saying that it was going to be unpredictable, you know, about 30 minutes into the last episode, I pretty much knew what was going to happen. And I'll be completely honest. I thought the most surprising thing of the two night finale was the fact that they got Cassie Randolph to show up and sit on the couch (laughs) and talk about her relationship with Colton. Yeah. You know, they must've promised her he would be about 5,000 miles away. Yeah. Because (laughs) I followed that whole story religiously and the show kind of let her down. The show didn't speak up enough. I feel like about what went down, they kind of had a PR crisis and for her to come back, I mean, that, that just shows that she's kind of moved on with her life. Yeah. So I was so surprised to see Cassie there. I think I saw her Instagram story beforehand that she was driving there and I was like, oh my gosh, you didn't think that they were ever going to kind of reunite. I think it shows Cassie's maturity to like move on. So in the end, I'm just happy for her that she was like comfortable enough to go back. Yeah, I agree. I loved seeing the alum. I, what did you think about that? The alumni giving their thoughts and opinions on night one, at least. Well, to be completely honest, when I watch, you know, uh, I know you're a big fan of Nick Vile out there, but when I watch them judge Clayton. <laughs> he who shall not be named Dave Neal. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that old guy. It's, Sorry, continue. No, it's like, it's like, wh- where do they get off thinking they can judge Clayton? Claire's like, oh, it was messy. Claire, he was messy. You know, they're all supposed to be in this union <laughs> yeah. where they know what it's like to go through this. And it's like, 
they show just decided from day one that they were just going to take a dump all over Clayton and like the poor guy Mm -hmm. just was so outmatched. Yeah, definitely. So when we go into night two, you know, Susie agrees to go meet Clayton and I thought it was just the strangest thing that she goes in and meets his parents before they even speak. Like how awkward was that? Yeah. You're probably like me. I'm taking notes and I like look down on my laptop, make a note. And I look back and I go, Susie's with the parent. Like, did I miss something? You know, I'm I'm on the West coast watching some bootleg live stream, you know, let's like, you know, some like Poughkeepsie, New York, like whatever they set me up with. It's so, it's so bootleg. And I'm like, you know, sometimes the stream cuts in and out. I'm like, did I miss a scene? What's happening here? It definitely feels like they, they had the final edit and they like dropped it and then had to like piece it back together. It was kind of jumpy, but that's what you get when you watch network TV. It's just a butchered, you know, they could have aired two more episodes with Jesse Palmer talking to them about what went down after Iceland. And they kind of just left it up to our imaginations. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, there was tons of stuff to unpack. Like you said, it was kind of copy cut, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, but the group breakup, what, okay. What do you think was worse? Clayton? And I almost always call him Colton. I, I, I mean, we've been doing this for three months now, and I still almost always call him Colton. A, sleeping with the both of them. B, convincing them to stay. Or C, the group breakup. What do you think is the worst decision that he made? Well, you know, it's it really is like a, uh, I always, it's just called like a human centipede of just one after another. And it's <laughs> he, he keeps saying to them, I want to be 100% transparent. And I'm like, listen, Take it from a guy in a long-term committed relationship. You don't want to be 100% transparent. Keep it at 82%. Get to the SparkNotes version of transparency, but do it in a way that's going to like protect yourself. And he was so worried about being transparent, probably worried about what the edit would look like, that he didn't realize like he probably could have omitted a few things here and there and like gotten to it later. So I think the worst thing was the, the, the telling them at the, in, you know, at the same time. But again, I don't blame them so much because I kind of feel like Bachelor found a guy that didn't know how it's supposed to go down. And it was like, oh, yeah, we'll dump them together. We'll do a two for one. And he's like, all right, sure. I don't think he had any any harmful intention there. But I think, boy, looking back, he's like, you know, because he's looking at it like, oh, geez, they've been mad at me since Cassidy and Shanae. Wait till they see, you know, my group <laughs> sessions where I tell them I made love to them and then I break up with them like a like it's a, like a Groupon that he bought, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have to imagine what kind of role the producers were playing behind the scenes because I feel like from the beginning they picked Clayton because they knew he was easily manipulated. And I almost have a theory that that's why they used the puppy dog promo picture because Clayton to me just does feel like a little puppy that will do whatever the producers say. And I almost feel like producers were in his ear saying like, this is your journey, Clayton, and you need to do what you need to do to find love. And and this is about you. And, you know, if you're constantly hearing that in the back of your head and then you're left to explore these relationships, like, of course, you're going to look at it that way. And I feel like we as an audience have got to the point now where we realize how much producers actually do play a role behind the scenes. So I don't know. What do you think about maybe producer manipulation this season? So, 
it, the producers, this isn't their first rodeo. I look at them as if they're like lawyers in a trial trying to pick a jury that hasn't watched on the media yet, right? So they're looking for a guy that's never watched the show or at least has no clue. And we look at Clayton. Look, he's a beefy guy. He spent his whole life trying to become a pro athlete. He's not watching the show on Monday nights. He's, you know, mm-hmm. so I see this guy as just a pure, just like, uh, a person that that hasn't been influenced by the show so far and then i also look at previous seasons like maddie and pilot pete where maddie sort of set her boundaries before the fantasy suite you know the producers were like man we could have made that a lot better if maddie didn't set her boundaries beforehand and then all of a sudden Susie rolls around whenever it comes time to discuss fantasy suite i'm just imagining you know Susie's like Hey, uh, Clayton, let's talk about, and then the producers are like, we're going to break for lunch. And then they just separate them. Like there's <laughs> yeah. the producers yeah. for sure kept them from talking about this. Okay. Another big talking point online. And at least, I mean, Gabby was the most vocal about this point. Why beg them to stay? I mean, beg them. And he even said before that moment that he loved Susie the most. However, you know, the most loved female was no longer there. So do you think that he would have picked either one of them if Susie had not come back? Yeah, it's a good question. I think he was trying to salvage subconsciously those other relationships. Probably forgot, hey, the cameras are rolling. And, you know, it's like every guy at the bar, right? 10.30 p.m., I love this person. They leave with another guy. 11.30, (laughs) you're the love of my life. You know, and it's just like that. Clayton (laughs) is the guy at the bar. Like, who's left? What do we got? And I, but I believe him because look, I, maybe I'm just getting too old. I don't have the bandwidth to like question everybody. I'm like, I believe that he thought he could make it work with these other two finalists that he really did like. It's not like, you know, he was left with Cassidy or someone else. He was like, no, no, he, he had a lot of time invested in them. And maybe he could, Mm -hmm. maybe he thought, well, I thought Susie was the one I thought I loved her the most, but if she's not into me, maybe one of these other ones are the one I don't listen so much as to what they say and more so just be like, I think he tried his best. And then, and then after a couple of days realized, Oh no, this is, I need to cut them loose. Most people <laughs> might realize that in the moment, but Clayton's mm-hmm. he's a couple steps behind, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I said last week on the pod and I think maybe my opinion has changed a little bit. I'm like, could he be in love with all three? I mean, I don't actually see why not. And maybe love is the wrong word because you know, like, they have said on the show, you know, your your one person is supposed to be your true love. But when you when you factor in that you do have these producers chirping in your ear to explore the relationships and you have these three amazing women that all offer something completely different. I said, you know, I could see how he would see a future with Gabby and it would look one way and then he could see a future with Rachel and it would look another way. But they both look good. And so I feel like he got really caught up in the terminology of it all because up until Clayton, people use the word connection, right? Like whoever I have the strongest connection with is who I'm going to walk away with. But Clayton was just like, no, whoever I love the most, that's who I'm going to end up with. And I feel like maybe that lack of knowledge, like you said, in him watching the show, maybe it just played a bigger factor than we realized before. Yeah. You know, so many people, whether it's commenters or even Gabby say, you don't know what it, what love means. And we go, Love subjective. It's whatever. It means something different to everyone. And he might have a love language that can appreciate 
something different in each of them. And I've, I've said it, I've said it like, you know, some people are more like Swiss army knives, right? They, they, they can be like multifaceted in how they share their love. When it comes to like mm-hmm. who you love the most, Gabby goes, you can't measure love. You absolutely can not quantitatively, but qualitatively, you can look at love in different ways. I love my fiance. But I, uh, I love my best friend, Darren. I love them for different reasons. Now people go, well, <laughs> but you can only be in love with one person. And you go, well, maybe some people can and maybe some people can be in love with others. It's more complicated than this, you know, heteronormative world we all live in. I love my fiance. I'm committed to her. But like if there was a world where, you know, I was raised in a different sort of community, maybe there'd be a different scenario that happens there. When it comes to like planting three different seeds you don't know which one's taking the root from the surface. So in hindsight, he watches it and he goes, all right, this one actually had more had more um, root than the others. But sometimes you just can't tell. They're like 15 days. They're like two weeks into this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we get to the end. Susie's there. She's still in Iceland. He group dumps everybody. And then he's like, she's the one. But she ends up saying, Clayton, I can't leave with you. At this point, I mean... And I thought this last week, a lot of people thought this last week, even Clayton thought last week that when she left, that was her bachelorette pitch. So now she comes back and they're at this, what appears to be a final row ceremony, even though it's really not. And she rejects him again. Do you think in that moment that she was still thinking about being the bachelorette or do you think that her intentions were pure in the fact that she just could not leave the show with him? You know, I'm not a mind reader, so it's so hard to tell. Some people are way more internalized with their feelings. I know when Clayton broke up with her and like kind of ushered her into the Uber, he was like, she didn't even react. And then in hindsight, he's like, oh, she reacted. You know, like I've been, my fiance's dumped me every other week. You know, she (laughs) sometimes like you're hungry or you're lonely or we're all complicated and you have to like let people get back to their sort of general normal feeling to like sort of address what their emotion actually is. She needed home cooking. She had to go home. She made it back to Virginia. She's over there hanging out. And she uh, finally decides to DM Clayton a few weeks later to compare notes and realize, hey, maybe we weren't too far (laughs) off on the whole thing. So do we think that Susie and Clayton are going to last living in Virginia? Whenever someone goes, Oh, I knew it wouldn't work out. All right. Well, thanks, Nostradamus. Like, yeah, most of these relationships don't work (laughs) out. Do they have a better shot than Blake and Katie with their passports living in different countries? Yes. The fact that he's moving to Virginia to pursue this. Whenever anyone goes, oh, you know, these engagements fail. I go, the engagement is the defining of the relationship. The fancy ring, all that aside, it's the beginning of their relationship. I'd be surprised if it ends as quickly as Katie and Blake. But at the same time, I was out there. I, I was out in New York for a weekend when Katie and Blake were, and I was out partying with them. They seemed perfectly fine to me. So my barometer for what's going to make a relationship work is really not good. I have no idea. But if he's committed, <laughs> I think they've faced a little bit of adversity, sort of like Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell, who faced a lot mm-hmm. more adversity. But I think they have more in common through the adversity they're about to face just by being not well liked. I mean, she came out and nobody cheered and they were, you know, well, you know, Clayton's back with Susie. Everyone's like, huh? You know, that's got to sting a little bit. <laughs> you know, they're going to need, they're going to need to kind of yeah. like lean on each other a little bit. And if they play those cards right, it could work. Does Clayton have the track record that he's ready, ready to settle down? No. Do I think that's really important? Not really. You know, sometimes you got to just sow your oats and then you meet someone and then you're like, I'm into this person. 
And that might be his like competitive spirit. He's like, I'm going to make this the best relationship in the world. And if it's meant to be good for them, if it's not, I think they'll both be fine. So then we wrap up the season with a double bachelorette announcement, both Gabby and Rachel going to be on the same season. We're assuming competing for the same guys or the guys competing for them. What are your initial thoughts on this? I'm looking for, they better get some extra camera guys because they're going to need like, (laughs) they're going to need that moment where like Gabby tells Rachel, I'm really into Steve. And then like later on, Steve give, you know, is holding Rachel's hand. And from across the room, we see that there's going to be so many of these like polite moments where I believe Rachel and Gabby will try to communicate as best as possible, but there's still going to be that jealousy, that sort of, lack of like wondering if the other person like am i the one everyone wants or is the other but they're kind of very equally matched gabby's a little bit older will the guys treat them differently because of that i don't think they're gonna be pitted against each other in the way that you know caitlin's season was a few years ago it's not gonna be much different than if you go out with your girlfriends to the bar and you're competing there's a a bunch of bros roll in and you and stacy are like all right who do they like well if Tony likes you, it's going to be known right away. So I think they'll yeah. I think they'll do a good job like the rest of us do in the bar scene at sort of understanding like who likes who and it'll naturally fall into place. As far as pit, uh, giving the roses out, I think they're going to have to make joint decisions at least halfway through the season and then maybe start to be like, you know, more specific with who they give the roses to. I don't know. What do you think about the rose scenario? That's kind of like a specific issue they have to work out yeah well did you watch joe millionaire on fox no not this season no because i was obsessed i watched it on a whim because you know it was out 20 years ago and then it went away and now it's back and i even said on the podcast last week joe millionaire is what i want the bachelor to be and then what do you know as soon as they could they do the same exact format of joe millionaire where they have two leads essentially you know, a pool of 30 women, the women are picking which guy they want to go with. And then at the end, they find out if he's a millionaire or not. So the way that they did it was, it was the host's job to say, like, for example, there was a girl named Kala. So the two guys would be standing up there. And then let's just say the host is next. They'd be like, Kala, the gentlemen want to spend more time with you. And then Kala would go away. So I'm wondering if maybe at the beginning, at least, if they're just going to completely rip off Joe Millionaire and Jesse Palmer will be like, you, Blonde Lindsay, or no, it's boys, uh, Jacob, they both want you there. Or if they'll go back and forth with the roses. I feel like that's going to be the hardest thing for them to navigate, especially you know, when there's two bachelorettes and 30 different guys, it's going to be interesting to see. But I mean, I'm a Joe Millionaire stan, so I'm excited for the new concept. A little bit of backlash, though, online, because some people are saying that they would never do this with male leads. And I agree 100%. I mean, even it's going to be different from what they did with Caitlin and Britt, because both are staying the whole time, right? It was... Back in the day, it was you had to choose one or the other. But why do we have to have these experimental seasons with the women and never the men like it doesn't make any sense to me i'll tell you what the right guys i think would crush it as leads yes Um, i have i have so many photos from back in the day where like my buddies making out with some girl at the bar and it's like i take a selfie with me in it like waving like (laughs) guys we get so excited for each other imagine the imagine the morning after fantasy suites where they're like talking and hanging out obviously there'll be jealousy (laughs) but you you have a good point this is the second time that the experiment has happened with the bachelorette 
Maybe maybe they trust that women are better communicators. I don't know, but I would for sure. I'll watch like a who are the 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 bros from Bachelor in Paradise. I would watch them on Bachelor. You know, uh, James and um in Aaron or whatever whoever that was. James and Aaron. Yeah. yeah, the right guys, absolutely. But I also think you know who would be really good. I know Greg has a girlfriend now, but I think Greg and Andrew mm. would be so funny. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, what I loved last season with Caitlin and Tasha as host were. They had some camaraderie to bounce their mood. They could like bounce their vibes off each other. So to see Rachel and Gabby standing together, I'm assuming as the guys come out, it's going to be a blast. You know, once the guys do their intro, the guys walk away, they're going to look at each other. They're going to make some comments. It's going to, I think it's going <laughs> to take the audience into the sort of passenger seat with them because it won't just be some mm -hmm. random person in a cocktail gown talking to their lavalier mic, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be like, ah, you know, they're going to have, <laughs> I think, I think it'll be very dynamic. Uh, the question some people have asked me is, will it take away from each, will it dilute each of their stories? And I think the show can juggle both stories, but you know, it is going to be an editing sort of nightmare, I guess. Yeah. Time will tell. Are you glad that we're getting a little bit of a break? Not coming back until July. Even without the break, some days I'm trying to find content. You know, I make like six videos a day. I've already made five today. So we'll see if there's content for me to talk about. Sometimes the best stuff is when they're not filming. So we'll have to yeah. see, but yeah, it's four months off. It's uh, I got to do my taxes. I got to like do I got to go walk the dog. I got so many things I need to do. It's been a wild year to say the least. So I'm sure Claire will date somebody and that'll keep me busy. You know, this, you know, something will go down. Who do you think the next breakup is? Ooh, that's a great question. I can't even remember at this point who is still together. It's got to be one of the paradise couples, right? I haven't really been keeping up with Mari and Kenny. Like what are, are they still doing stuff? Yeah. Are they still together? She's, she's out for Miss Puerto Rico. And I think, I think they're good for her. Yeah. She's looking great. The big one would be Matt and Rachel getting engaged. I would be surprised if they go in the other yes. direction, but breakups, Noah. I mean, yeah, some bachelor in paradise couple, maybe, you know, we haven't had two, two bachelor leads in a row didn't propose. So, you know, Neil Lane's not getting his money's worth, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, they, you can see last night where they had Clayton hold up the ring. He, there was no way in the world he was going to propose, but like contractually, he had to hold up the ring just to show that they had it. Yeah, yeah he was like, "Here's the box, Susie. It's here, but uh, we're just not going to open it." Back in the pocket, yeah, he was like threatening her, like, "I'll do it. Don't make me do it." No, there was so much hype about the finale, you know, from all the alumni that it started to get into my head, and I was like, "Maybe Clayton chooses Shanae." I truly thought that. I truly was like, maybe he chooses it. Because what else would be crazier than that ending? She was in the audience. And then when they showed yep. Susie, I was like, oh, this isn't that crazy. This was good. But it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't like just saw a ghost kind of crazy, which is what I was expecting. I'm ready for a break. Although I have to say, I did enjoy the ending of the season. It was a wild ride. Dave Neal, thank you so much for spending some time on Morgan's Pop Talks. Tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Well, I'm D Neals on Instagram and Dave Neal on YouTube. I make five videos a day. I, I'm like the bottom feeder of Bachelor Nation. Whatever, whatever sifts to the, to the sea floor, <laughs> I'm going to cover those topics. So the, uh, the obscure and the irreverent is where I um, sort of strike from. So you can go find me over there. Well, thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, you guys. That does it. Another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks in the books. We did it. 300 reviews. And you guys were so nice in the reviews.
I seriously almost started crying. So thank you. And we also got to our goal on Spotify. So I won't sit here and nag at you like your mom to leave me more reviews. But of course, if you'd like to, you can. And don't forget, head over to the dip.com right now because the community group's going to be popping off. We're talking about the divorce. We're talking about how I really feel about Clayton and Susie, like I said, if you use promo code GUAC, you can get 90% off of your subscription. That lasts for the whole entire year. So let's go giggle and gossip at thedip.com, okay? Thanks, you guys. Again, we'll see you back here next time. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. We could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99.